I've got a sweet odour. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've got something that's big of me. No, it's big of me. there welcome Hello. to date fight yes if you haven't listened before where have wow. you been for the yeah, last 72 shows or whatever it is <laughs> oh my word is it really it's that absolutely horrendous yes <laughs> well you've chosen uh, the right one to join on well done yeah yeah uh, but if you have been here before but you've conveniently managed to obliterate most of it from mm. your mind allow me to refresh the pain it's the podcast where we take great moments from history and we pitch them against each other he's jake yeah i'm nat tapley and together we are stroking the ladybird of history to make it expand its wing casing so we can pick the two most vibrant and exciting dots and compare them for your pleasure <laughs> if that hasn't lost everyone I don't know what will <laughs> just to imagine the ladybird of history eating the aphids of ignorance they milk them they don't eat them I don't think what oh no ants milk, they them. milk them aphids eat them ants milk them okay ants milk aphids a- let's just do the thing hang on I've got more questions now about vegan ants. Is it what is aphid milk vegan? Is that your question? Yeah, that's essentially my question. <laughs> I did well. I mean, honey causes big arguments, doesn't it? Because I asked about honey quite innocently and caused a massive fight between some people. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Do you want to get into this? I'll give you the shorthand. Yes. My Jake's hot vegan take. I'll do a jingle. I won't do a jingle. No honey is vegan, obviously, because it's produced by an animal. Right. Uh, any absolutist vegan won't consume honey. There's an argument you could make to say, well, uh, if it's small-scale honey production, if it's someone's garden, mm-hmm. the idea is that you don't take more than 10% of the honey and you kind of charge it as rent and the bees all survive <laughs> and it's kind of okay. They can take it. They yeah. can take it, right? Okay. There's a little surplus that you yeah. can take. Fair enough. That's the rent. I, I, I knew the situation when I became a bee and got into this. Well, they <laughs> sort of do because what happens is you put bees into a hive. Yeah. And they literally sort of look around and kind of survey it and go, okay, right, so it's about a two by four, okay, no problem. <laughs> and they go out and they they fill it up yeah. because they're like, oh, that's the size of the colony, that's what we need to fill up, so we'll fill it up. Yeah. In industrial honey production, uh, they put the bees into a massive warehouse what? and the bees look at it and go, oh my God, this colony's enormous, I'm going to have to work like crazy. And they'll literally work themselves to death what? trying to fill this huge warehouse. And then the way they extract the honey is not very cool. I've seen footage of it and a lot of bees kind of get ground up and it's it's just not very nice. So, honey, no. Look, a lot of vegans are going to hate me for this, but if if you get it from someone you know and you know they're doing it humanely and compassionately and it's a very small scale thing, I will look the other way. And now do tripe. Tripe's fine. Okay, good. As long as it's done compassionately and removed from the stomach lining with yeah. care. Yeah, fill up on tripe. Mm. Take that from me, a vegan. <laughs> if you eat meat, you should be eating tripe three or four times a day. That's going to get you off yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> you should be doing nothing but offal for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Look, well, well, I don't even know where we are and explain. I hope that explained to you what this podcast is about. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> Let's take you to round one. Round one! What a mess. Round one! Uh, I'm going to take you to the 16th of January, 1420, when the Medici family became bankers to the papacy. 
The Medicis, once they'd become banks to the papacy, they went on to become hugely wealthy, and they ended up producing four popes of their own who were Medicis, two queens of France, and they were the Grand Dukes of Tuscany. Uh, the Medicis were the first to use double-entry bookkeeping. Um, and <laughs> the sorry, first to use ledgers. I was thinking of all these things that they produced. I was thinking they must yeah. have been quite tired, and then you said double-entry bookkeeping. <laughs> I was thinking, tired. well, that would have saved a bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they financed the invention of the piano without the Medici's there wouldn't be a piano there wouldn't be opera, there wouldn't be St Peter's Basilica, there wouldn't be, they were patrons of Leonardo, of Michelangelo of Machiavelli and Galileo so essentially anything that was important from the Italian Renaissance came about because the Medici's in Florence financed it and that's the most important thing to have happened on the 16th of January 1420 and any other 16th of January That's what you think Yeah, what you got? I've got something I don't know anything about. I'm taking you back to the 16th of January in the year 378. Whoa! Yeah. Yes. And General Siak Ak. Ah. I'm trying to do your pronunciation from yesterday, if you didn't hear yesterday's episode. Siak Tok Ak, I think I said. Fine. Well, what you said. I don't think it's him. Uh, Conquers Tikal. Oh, yes. Uh, This is a a town... Uh, in Guatemala now. Oh. Uh, this was the domain of King Spearthrower Owl. Yes. And they did, basically archaeologists just made up the name Spearthrower Owl because literally when you look at his name in the pictorial language, it looks like a, an owl holding a spear. <laughs> I mean, they said a spear. Yeah. The alternative well, is calling him, you know, yeah. Willie Holder Owl. That's, that's Spearthrower Owl. But General Siak Ak is also known as Fire is Born, uh, but was uh, originally called Smoking Frog. <laughs> I really hope that in the pictorial language there's a picture of a frog in a trilby <laughs> on a deck chair just with yeah, a yeah, pipe yeah. puffing and looking uh, at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in Tikal, this place that they conquered, mm. the, the name Spearthrower Owl appears written once with phonetic elements. So the way to actually pronounce his name mm. is just some guy. <laughs> just some, I'm just some guy. Just some okay? guy. I'm just some guy. That's what the smoking frog would say. Don't mind me. I'm just some guy. Yes. Well, why should we arrogant Western idiots living in the 21st century care about a little town in a rainforest in mm. Guatemala? I'll tell you why. Yes, why should we, Jake? Uh, let me get relevant for you. Okay, no problem. A little filmmaker by the name of George Lucas um, pushes glasses up nose, (laughs) used Tikal as a filming location uh, for the fictional planetary moon of Yavin 4 in the storyline of the first ever Star Wars film. Oh, really? A New Hope. Yeah. So does that appear in it? It's the space battle at the end of the film when uh, the Rebel Alliance destroys the desert. It's the climax of the whole thing. What? Yeah, it's in orbit around the planet Yavin. How, how interesting. Also, shut up. Ooh. Also, it was in <laughs> Moonraker, the James Bond film, all right? Does it look like it's in space, this town? Is that what you're getting from it? It looks like it's in space. I'm just saying, is it possible that these ancient civilizations came from outer space? I think we should tap into that market more with this podcast, I've got to say. We, we should really go should. way more We should more do more UFO-based. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it conceivable? Who built pyramids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely wasn't pe- people. I mean, the, but isn't that whole industry intensely racist? Because it just suggests that people in the developing world couldn't have achieved anything before uh, 
before the Western world could do the same sort of thing. I still remember. I mean, it's a really terrible joke, and it's not really one you can make now. But I still remember the joke. <laughs> this was from the Spitting Image book in the 80s. Oh, lovely. And I, at the time, when I was like mm. 12, I thought this was the funniest joke ever. And the question was, how did the Egyptians, with their extraordinarily primitive technology, manage to create the pyramids to such an exacting, precise architectural standard? Answer, whips. <laughs> I mean, it's entirely fair, though, as an answer. It's terrible. On, on that note, yeah. I'm doing the, the birthdays. Happy birthday to Edmund Crouchback, the first Earl of Lancaster, the first Earl of Leicester, the second son of Henry II. He was called Crouchback because he went on the Ninth Crusade and wore a cross on his back. And apparently we couldn't say the word cross. Um, He also... He died after the siege of Bayonne, when the siege had failed and he was broken-hearted. He was so upset that we hadn't taken another French city that he died of sadness. Happy birthday to Fulgencio Batista, the ninth president of Cuba, who was famous for running it for the benefit of large international corporations and organised crime syndicates. But he had a good name like Fulgencio, so we can all forgive him, I'm sure. Also, happy birthday to Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote Hamilton, which, if you are sick of history-based podcasts and want a history-based musical, that's one you should definitely check out at the moment, as well as six, I guess. Actually, they're all history-based. Just go and see a musical if you like that sort of thing. Happy Death Day to Oberon War, the angry scribbler for Private Eye and The Telegraph and other magazines. And, they, and he was even War's son, and he was angry for his whole life that he wasn't as funny as his dad. Also, happy Death Day to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he wasn't. Yeah, no, say it. Happy Death Day to Carol Lombard, the screwball comedy actress who died after her TWA flight went missing. She had been out... Um, on a war bonds drive during the Second World War to get rural areas to buy more war bonds with her mother and her husband's agent. Um, They had an argument on going home as whether to get a train or to get the plane. Carol wanted to get the plane and they tossed a coin to see whether or not she or her mother would win the argument. She won the toss so they got the plane, which unfortunately disappeared shortly after that. Uh, Happy death day to Carol Lombard. That's terrible. Am I right in thinking that she was at one point the highest paid woman in Hollywood? I think so. She was. She did a lot of work in the mid-30s. Yes, she certainly was up there. Wow. And she was known as the queen of the screwball comedies. And queen of very bad coin tosses. Yes. Well, she won. Well, did she? <laughs> Happy death to Buka, B-U-Q-A, who was a vizier of Iran and a favourite of the Kublai Khan. He was, had wide-ranging powers over the whole country of Iran, but his arrogance and excesses soon made him many enemies. When he lost the Khan's favour, Bukha made a plot to assassinate him, um, but when the plot was revealed, he was put to death on January the 16th, 1289. Happy Death Day to Bukha, and that's the Death Days! Round two! OK, this is time for, I think, a bit of a first Ooh. on Date Fight. Hmm. I thought we should uh, do a bit of feasting together, Ooh. which is definitely not something to ram into any search engine <laughs> willy-nilly. Uh, happy feast day. Thank you. Of St. Fursy. Ooh, what did St. Fursy do? Uh, 
Well, his full name was Fursey Burr. <laughs> no, he came from Ireland, but he, he did a lot of work in East Anglia. Right, I mean, I don't know why. You know, he felt a need to get as far away as he could get from Ireland within the British Isles. But Yeah, but then he ended up in East Anglia, which is, you know, no better. No, not, not I, so much. I say that as someone who got out of East Anglia. Yeah, but you'll end up back there. Uh, it's yeah. just inevitable. Uh, so apparently he experienced... <laughs> it's because everywhere drains into East Anglia. <laughs> All of the sewers end yeah. up there. He experienced angelic visions of the afterlife, apparently. Uh, Fursey is one of the four comely saints, and if you could see the picture of him I've seen, he is, I can confirm, well comely. comely He's as comely AF. As comely as they come. (laughs) Who have come over all comely. Yeah, I'm quite over comely. I didn't even know you could do that. Anyway, in Galway, it says that through prayer alone, uh, a chieftain's twins were raised from the dead. Oh. Uh, they were probably just, like, asleep. Asleep. Yeah, probably. Anyway, here's the thing. Uh, when he died, around the year 650, his body lay unburied for, hold your noses, folks, 30 mm. days. Ooh. Yes. And Ripe. He, he was visited by pilgrims for all part. But here's the thing. Mm. His body, throughout those whole 30 days, remained incorrupt, and it emitted a sweet odour. Do you know about this? <laughs> No. (laughs) This apparently is a specific scent Uh that emanates from the bodies of saints. Oh, wow. So St. Teresa of Abila and St. Marabias of (laughs) Jesus were reported to have emitted heavenly scents immediately after their deaths. I've heard that happens. Yeah, it does. When the bowels relax. Teresa's scent filled the monastery the moment she died. <laughs> <laughs> I had a cat who could do that in their literature. <laughs> uh, Saint Therese de Lisieux was known as the Little Flower and produced a strong scent of roses at her death, which was detectable for days afterwards. Were there also, had people also brought roses to her funeral? No need. Yeah. You know? I suppose not. No need for that, no. No need for flowers, just some plant food. Uh, likewise, the blood issuing from Padre Pio's stigmata allegedly smelled of flowers. But it wasn't blood, was it? It's some sort of red flower-smelling liquid. Exactly. Nectar. Some dust taken from the incorrupt remains of Maria Droste Zuvischering in 1899 was said to have emanated an agreeable scent. I am never going to get beatified. <laughs> I can tell you right now, there is no sweet odour. There's no sweet odour going on. They're not waiting to... Maybe it's just odours after death. Maybe they reeked beforehand. Yeah. It was just they were relatively not smelly after death. Saint-Therese, what did you have for lunch? Uh, Red cabbage and white cabbage and a box of curry powder? Why do you ask? (laughs) Just can we open the monastery windows? That is a sweet odour! Just a big plate of mung beans. How dare you! That is a sweet (laughs) odour! Your own odours always smell sweet, that's what I'd say. <laughs> OK. I'm not sure mine do even... even to Apart myself. from... I mean, I don't, I'm sorry, I, I hate to bring the tone down, but do you ever do what I call... Uh, I call them Judas <laughs> blow-offs, which is where you produce one that you do not recognise as your own. It's a sort of... Oh. You know what I mean? You're like, that's, that's not mine. That can't occasionally, be mine. Occasionally you get one that's like dressed up as one of my dad's. You know, so he's not even here. <laughs> and occasionally, Very one's occasionally. one of my sons. You know, well, he's definitely not. What's, what's going on here? That's amazing. I reckon I've just got spy farts. 
Although Judas Trump would be a really good member of the Trump family. Yes. Judas Trump. A Judas Trump. Yeah. If you've done a Judas Trump, why don't you tell us about it? Uh, you can go to <laughs> at date underscore fights on Twitter or, or Facebook slash date fight. Uh, you can you use can just... some of the Earth's finite resources to convey <laughs> that information to us. Why not? Why not? It's right, fun. I'm going to take you to the 16th of January, 11.20, with the Council of Nablus. which was in the Kingdom of Jerusalem, the Crusader Kingdom of Jerusalem, King Baldwin of Jerusalem II, and Wormund the Patriarch came together with all of the nobles of Jerusalem and the Levant to have a law-making session, which is perhaps the first example of democracy in the Middle East that we have, Um, and they made 25 laws. Now, Fulche of Chartres, who would usually write about this sort of thing because he was the chronicler and he was in King Baldwin's retinue, uh, didn't write anything down about this because the fact that they were having to make laws made Jerusalem seem less pure and perfect than it otherwise would have. And he was trying to send ah. chronicles back saying, oh, it's amazing here, everyone's wonderful, everything's brilliant, there's absolutely nothing wrong. And he knew if he listed the laws, yeah. then everyone would know, no. That's not true. It won't look good in the brochure. That's all I'm going to say. 60 years later, William of Tyre told us all about it, but William of Tyre didn't write down any of the laws because he said... He did. He just said, they're all available in every church you go to. They're written down in all the churches. Just go to your nearest church and uh, and look them up. <laughs> Unfortunately, when the... Um, when it was reconquered by the Muslims, all of those churches... Well, the, all the copies of those laws were lost, apart from one. So we have one copy, and that copy said that the reason they made all these laws was... They'd been played with locusts and mice for four years and they wanted to see if they could get rid of sin just to see if that helped get rid of the locusts and mice. So essentially this is a pest control issue. Wow. And the laws were, there was one against adultery and if a man cuts off, uh, commits adultery, you should cut off uh, his penis. Okay. Can we say penis on this? Sorry? Can we say penis on this podcast? Penis is fine. Yeah, penis is fine. Penis is fine. Good. So, women, you can't can't cut off the penis. Any idea what you cut off from a woman? Oh. Nose. Nose. Cut off the nose. My my wife's got no nose. Uh, (laughs) How does she smell? Of an adulteress. Because she is Saint Therese. (laughs) She's a saint. My wife's a saint. She's got a sweet odour. Yeah. Um, so sodomites would be burned at the stake unless they were elderly or children, in which case they it was assumed that they were sodomites against their will. Um, anyone who slept with a Muslim would be castrated. Blimey. Yes, yeah, so of the laws, laws 5 to 8, laws 1 to 4 about uh, taxes you should pay the church, laws 5 to 8 were about adultery, 8 to 11 were about sodomy, 12 to 15 were about sleeping with Muslims, 17 to 19 were about bigamy. Right. And the rest were sort of admin. So that's why they didn't write them down and tell us all what they were, because essentially we know what all of the problems and everything they were getting up to in 12th century Jerusalem, and they didn't want us to know. Can we just make sure Pretty Patel doesn't get a copy of these? Yeah, absolutely. Well, unless she visits one the one monastery where there's a copy left, we'll be fine. OK, great. <laughs> just knowing how she feels about capital punishment and stuff, I feel like she'd go quite big on these. Yeah, I think she, she'd love them. Yeah. There's a, I mean, there are more horrible things. No, I won't. No, it's, no, look them up it's, yourselves. It's, it's, yeah. You can find yeah. them. It's first thing in the morning. You can, you've got time yeah. to find out more horrible yeah. punishments. Yeah, we've already covered quite a lot of 
horrible imagery in this podcast. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, it's history, red in tooth and claw. Yeah, and you're going to vote and tell us what's best, whether it's penis removal or Leonardo. Sweet, sweet odours. Sweet, sweet odours. Yeah. You can vote. This is the, your, the new thing that we're doing where you get to score us. So, yes, get on there and vote on today's episode. There'll be a fresh poll for tomorrow. So uh, it's at date underscore fight on Twitter. And facebook.com forward slash date fight. And don't forget, we want to know all about your sweet, sweet <laughs> odours. <laughs> all feel free just to, you know, have that knowledge yourself and not convey to any other human being. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, why don't you subscribe and share, uh, but not, yes, not while you're doing... Subscribe. Not while you're doing sweet odours, uh, because... Not while you're emitting odours. Yeah. No, or while you are. We don't mind. The, the subscribe button doesn't have any olfactory powers. That's true. Subscribe and smell at the same time. That's absolutely You fun. know what? You do you. Yes. And we'll keep doing this. Uh, yes. Every morning, oh. for all time. Oh. oh, Nat. I'm so tired. <laughs> right. Back to bed. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye. Bye.